Welcome to Security Stories, where we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the lies that come with being a security guard. Warning, this episode is likely to have inappropriate language and discussions involving violence. Welcome to another episode of Security Stories, where I am out on patrol in a wonderful 39 degrees, and with the wind chill, it is 34. Oh, the forecast is looking like rain and possibly snow, which I can tell you, once it starts snowing, I am staying in the vehicle. But that is not the topic of today's discussion. Today, we are discussing shoplifting. Let's get down to it. As I began my patrol today, I did all of the usual checks, see where the homeless encampments are, see if there's any new property damage or any changes or shifts to the property due to weather or vandalism, observe the landscape, observe the lot, observe the property in general, and also observe the people coming on and leaving the property. Now, of course, with all this weather, you wanna see if people are staging in certain locations, setting up camps somewhere, or prepping to steal once the store opens. As well as also keeping an eye out for panhandlers and solicitors. So of course, what do I come across? A bunch of anti-theft devices, hangers, price tags, damaged boxes, and other product containers. And of course, shopping carts with anti-theft poles on them abandoned at the edge of the property. Now, of course, on this property, that's a regular occurrence, but I figure, what the heck? Let's make this new episode about shoplifting. Now, of course, we've covered shoplifting in the past, all of the red flags to keep an eye out for, that gut feeling you just get when something's wrong, when you think somebody's gonna do something. And so today, we'll try to focus on a few videos about shoplifting in general, security responses, loss prevention responses, and even some things from the local news about businesses closing due to the high rate of shoplifting in their area. So let's start this off with our first video. So here we have a shoplifter in standard dress, hoodie, 
Full cap, COVID style face yo, 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 mask, go, glasses. Stealing stuff out of what appears to be a Walgreens. They're just loading up a backpack. Security actually has encountered them, but security is not stopping them. Let's see, it looks like typical uh, black slacks, gray security shirt with the gold oh my badge. God. Come on, guy. A customer is recording the shoplifter, just following them around the store. I'm following you. Look at me. Hey, you need to go, you need to go, man. Oh my god. I need to go. just stops right there and goes on a loop. Hey, now, go, some might say, why is the security doing something? Yo. He might not be allowed to. His post yo, 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 is go, just go, to be present and observe. He might not be allowed to physically get himself involved. Honestly, the shoplifter's got kind of a weak body type. Being a little oh prideful here, but I think I can take him. <laughs> Come on, guy. Also, I think he might have some sort of injury or deformity with his legs. He's walking around in a very unusual. I'm following you. Look at me. Some might call it strutting. Oh, you need to go, you need to go man. To be that. This is the uh, store of Lobos. Hey. We Here we have shop. And he is behind yes, the please. counter with the, the employees. Okay, uh, in quite a few jurisdictions, this might be considered robbery, not shoplifting. Uh, because he's in what might be considered a secure space that customers are not allowed to have access to. Customer him. Another customer attempts to get in Shoplifter threatens hey. the customer. Oh, and threw hey, stuff no, no, no. at the customer. Now it makes a sword. Hey, stop! The uh, customer threw thief is now just throwing stuff at various people before exiting the store. Alarm towers go off. Yeah, I'd call this a robbery. Shot my ex, I moved on, I worked hard, I proved wrong, fuck love, I'm too young, off the record, move on, fuck my ex, I moved on, I worked hard, I proved wrong, fuck love, I'm too young, off the record, move Hopped on. on stage, step with a few of the guys, two five like Christmas Day, distant days, studio nights when I rap at 20. That was pointless. It's a guy stealing a bottle of tea, but then gets caught by security and the guy gives it up. No sound on this one. Looks like Detroit, Westland Police Department, J.C. Penney, and they're showing various pictures of a shoplifter or a suspected shoplifter. Imagine shooting a man. I won't be here. Why? to keep thieves from stealing their livelihood. Stephanie Bertini is in the University Heights section of the Bronx with more on this desperate move by... So this is New York City, and bodega owners are claiming to be fed up with shoplifters. Uh, this came out 16 hours ago, so very recent. Owners there, Stephanie. Yeah, 
Arthur literally locks in chains around merchandise inside this bodega and at stores across the Bronx and across New York City. This is exactly how store owners say they're pushing Gap back against a problem they say is now out of control. Thefts, threats, or maybe something worse. Bodega owners are fed up. They say looters are out of control. The danger of uh, our families, uh, my daughter, you know, my kids working with me. So they, they're scared. I'm scared and they're scared to come to the store to work. And they are pushing back, literally chaining up merchandise to combat those who walk in to steal. Very uh, so it looks like they have uh, Tide and other detergents and they are literally wrapping chains. Uh, through all of the hand loops for a lot of the detergents. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a bodega is kind of like a mini mart, a shop at, a small convenience store, and they'll sell food, they'll sell, you know, random items of convenience. Uh, sometimes little restaurants operate out of them. It's, it's more like, you know, a little hot dog type stand, things like that. Um, and they're usually family owned. So these are not corporate businesses like Walgreens or CVS or Fry's or Kroger or Walmart. Okay, they're not these large businesses with a lot of money to replace things that have, you know, high insurance it's, and resources to hire security or loss prevention and camera systems and to deal with all this. These are small family-owned businesses that theft severely impacts them. Difficult times, very challenging times uh, to be in especially when you're in a, a small neighborhood bodega. Fernando Mateo from the United Bodega Association speaking up at a press conference at a small store in the Bronx this afternoon. Bodega owners cannot confront these individuals because sometimes they're armed. The United Bodega Association claiming the consequences aren't tough enough. In small stores or bodegas across New York City, owners say they don't know what else to do. We can't afford a security guy in the, in, in, in the door. We can't do that because we're not making enough money. Chained up merchandise makes things harder for the everyday customers. It's unfortunate, but when you come to a bodega now, it's not as easy as come in and, and get out. Now you have to wait to be served. We talked to some who say a trip to the neighborhood store can be frustrating because of all this. I'm a business owner as well, but I can understand why they would feel uncomfortable with just letting it be out there. But in the same sense, it's more like you don't have to do all of that. The United Bodega Association says something has to... That woman who claims to be a business owner herself uh, is basically frustrated that you don't have to do all of that about them locking up cabinets or putting chains through merchandise. And clearly they do. Um, there's a lot of small businesses out there that operate on like a convenience store level. They get hit up by shoplifters and robbers and the money comes out of their pocket. It's not like there's a giant corporate fund to replace stuff and the employees are like, oh, that's okay. The big business will take care of it. The big business is usually your mom or your dad or your grandparents. Or sometimes you, if it's been passed on to you, you know, it is your money that's going out the door, not some big corporation. And somebody like her saying that, you know, shame on her. She's probably just ignorant. She doesn't know. You know, people think they see a store and they're like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like Ross or it's like factory to you or Ulta Beauty. It's this big chain. You know, if they get shoplifted from, who cares? It's like, no, these are family owned places and they suffer pretty hard when stuff like this happens change but in the meantime you'll see more of this we want everyone to know that we are now fighting back we're fighting back by padlocking by 
with locks and chains the merchandise. off-camera in front of this story here who says he understands this completely. He doesn't mind. He said waiting, asking for merchandise and waiting if it means people who are just trying to make an honest living can defend their business. Arthur. Right. Thanks, Stephanie. Just trying to stay alive there. So that was out of New York City in uh, Brooklyn. Satisfaction is the name of the game in today's video. Let's see if we can skip past all that beginning BS. Karen's bite off more than they can chew when trying to steal packages from the wrong people. Our first package stealing Karen gets a wicked twist of fate as she's attacked by a brick pillar. So package thieves are uh, sometimes called porch pirates, and I'm sure you might be aware of them, but they're people who look out in the neighborhood for Amazon, FedEx, and other deliveries where they drop off packages at your residence and then sneak up after the deliverer is gone and then steal your package and run off. Before she can escape with the goods. because uh, she tried to run off with everything and then just dropped everything and took off. Maybe she's just embarrassed. From brick pillars to boxes of bricks in our next clip as this beating Karen tries to sneak away this man's delivery. Now, sometimes you can get these items replaced, refunded, if you have proof that there was a theft. Uh, like if you've got a ring doorbell or a nest camera or something, and you can prove that, hey, someone actually stole your package, maybe file an online police report, and then, you know, get back with Amazon and be like, hey, my package was not here because it was stolen, and Amazon may or may not refund it because, of course, they'll have their delivery driver with a package, uh, picture saying, you know, hey, we delivered it. So here we have one where a homeowner was filming someone who was running up to their property to try and take the package. He must have seen someone in his yard and started recording like, hey, who the hell is this? Uh, she picks up his package and starts walking away. Now he runs out the front door. He is running after her down the sidewalk. She drops some of the packages and she takes off running. What are you doing? Got you on video. She gets to go and get into a car and he gets the license plate. I got you on video and your plates. Our next porch pirate Karen was caught in the act seconds before running away with the goods. vehicle pulled into a homeowner's driveway the homeowner returned home just in time to block them in oh and 
That is attempted vehicular assault right there. The attempt or the thief attempted to hit the homeowner with their vehicle. Loudmouth Karen chooses the wrong. Depending on how good your uh, district attorney is. I think I have a deeper disdain for porch pirates than shoplifters. It's always funny watching a shoplifter lose, but there's just a satisfaction with watching a porch pirate get caught or, you know, just get some good karma. Ended up having a busier day than usual yesterday, so we are continuing this episode on shoplifting on patrol today. And I can tell you, it got worse. 29 degrees. But that's not what we're here for today. What we're here for today is shoplifting. So let's keep that discussion going. So I am once again back on that trouble site. And I can tell you, this place is worse today too. Shopping carts are outside. They have anti-theft devices on them. The poles that you might see on shopping carts that are designed to prevent someone from taking them out of the store. Yep, they're littering the lot. Anti-theft devices strewn across the ground. Clothes hangers. Item packaging, etc., etc. And some of it leads a trail straight to the nearby homeless encampment. And who is our big victim in all of these shopliftings? Well, to be honest, it's quite hard to call them a victim because they don't do a whole lot to defend themselves whatsoever. And it is a raw stress for less. Now, over the episode, some of you might have picked up that I have a bias against certain businesses and their lack of ability or desire to actually improve their area, improve their loss prevention, and improve their security plan. And yes, you guessed it, Ross is one of them. Raw stress for less, in my opinion, and in some of your local police departments too, is actually a negative impact on communities. Yes, they do provide cheap clothing and other materials to people in low-income areas, and they do occasionally try to pretend that they're bougie by having Coach knockoffs and Calvin Klein clothes, as well as other brand merchandise such as purses and backpacks that people might want and a bunch of really crappy tacky jewelry come on folks if you're getting your jewelry from ross it is ross dress for less not ross spend your hundreds and thousands they do have some name brand merchandise but hey a lot of it is discount and that's the whole purpose and a store can run on that just fine but they do absolutely nothing with loss prevention other than accuse their employees at least that's my experience, from the managers I've talked to, from the loss prevention employees I've talked to, and then just from downright witnessing it. They don't empower their employees to protect their store, they don't do any sort of force protection whatsoever, unless someone gets hurt. And then you'll see them hire security for two days, up to a maximum of 30. That is the longest I've seen that happen, and that involved the discharge of a firearm where they hired security for 30 days. The shortest I've seen 
an incident involving a machete, and they hired security for two days. The security guard, of course, I tried to talk with them, like, hey man, just trying to figure out what your post orders are. I work out here. Maybe I can help you out. Do you need some info? Like, how long are you here? Like, maybe we can just back each other up. Like I said, company politics are company politics, but to the guys on the ground, you look out for each other. And I know the area is a little rough. So, hey, let's look out for the new guy. Give him the lay of the land. Let him know which people to look out for. Which areas of the place are not so safe. And he's just like, look, man, I don't know. I'm here for two days, and I'm not even the same employee each day. They were running on two eight-hour shifts, so that's 16 hours. And they had a different employee each eight-hour shift. No continuity whatsoever. They weren't even taking notes. All they were there to do was stand there, look pretty. And you yourself might find yourself working one of those posts where your job is to sit there and look big and intimidating. Sexy if you can make it work. But really, that's all you're there for. You will do nothing. I hate those posts. You don't even do foot patrols to walk around, get a little exercise, get your steps in. You don't even do that. You just stand there for a few hours and then you're gone. And some people who aren't paying attention sit there and go, oh, well, hey, they hired security. And then maybe for a week, things kind of die down for a little bit. But once they realize they're gone, it kicks right back up again. To the point where it'll even get a laugh. A good chuckle out of the locals who are there hitting them day after day. So as we're walking around, what am I finding? Well, here's one of our traditional alarm and tag dumps. They'll dump a lot of things here. Sometimes they'll even run on down to the ditch. But a lot of stuff gets dumped here. So this is part about knowing your landscape, right? Knowing your property. You want to know where the dumps are. By that I mean dump sites. That's where they ditch their anti-theft devices, the coat hangers, the packaging, anything that might tie the item as potentially stolen. And they'll usually dump it in and around the same spots almost every single time. So it gives you something to keep an eye out for. But, you know, don't get lazy. Make sure to check the rest of the perimeter too because they might change habits. It does happen. Look for those new travel paths. Look for those new patterns. They do pop up. And so another thing that's at least good about this cold weather is it softened up the ground. So I can see foot travel paths a little better. Sometimes the ground's a little hard and you just can't see where people are making foot imprints. So when you do have the opportunity to see them, observe them, see where they go to, see where people might've been moving. Is it the same routes you think they are? Or are they leading you on a new route that you've never thought of before? Always good to keep an eye out for those kind of things. I have long since stopped recovering uh, the alarm tags. You see, some businesses will actually count them and use them in loss prevention reports or shrink reports. To be like, hey, security turned in, you know, 20 alarm tags found in the parking lot or behind the building. Or, and they'll be like, this alarm tag is consistent with various product that regularly gets stolen from here or security found price tags along with them so we can estimate, oh hey, we lost $400 on an estimate based on this and based on the number of alarm tags are there, that's consistent. Uh, Ross does not, they just throw them away. Uh, I did talk to, at least at this one, I did talk to one of their loss prevention employees and he told me that he tried to report them in the past, like keep a ledger of like, hey, on this day, security turned this stuff in, or 
hey uh, when we came into work today we cleaned up a bunch of these in front of the store and their higher management told them not to told them not to document loss not to document theft not to document shrinkage it's not a good company people I don't support them I don't shop there they make communities worse they really do and it's just because they don't do anything like there's some businesses that try and they're still gonna get theft regardless you know people are people douchebags are douchebags the dregs of society are the dregs of society that's just the way life is but if you show no effort whatsoever where are they all gonna flock to the place that's not getting in their way the path of least resistance they're offering none so therefore they have a high theft rate at least when you try some of the locals will be a little more weary they'll be like okay we got to do it on certain days like when this guy's not here when that guy's not here or during certain hours because they have security at this time or you know there's a local cop that patrols the area around this time so we got to do it at this time so fucking ross <sighs> they'll go in whenever They'll go in right as they open. They'll go in five minutes before they'll close. They'll go in at noon when everyone's getting off for lunch. Doesn't matter. It's a Ross. You can find videos on YouTube of people just shoplifting all day long. Videos on TikTok, Snapchat, freaking news articles. New York City's having a huge issue with like their bodegas right now, right? And part of that is because when a community just allows it, when businesses allow it, it starts to spread to other businesses. So you got businesses like Ross, Factory to You, Ulta Beauty, Bed Bath & Beyond, Family Dollar, Dollar Tree. These They don't really do anything about it whatsoever, right? So the local, you know, shoplifting population, the local stealing theft population, these people that do that, right? They then get emboldened. They're like, well, hey, if this whole intersection isn't doing anything, we can branch out to other intersections and just start hitting multiple places. Oh, hey, maybe we can start hitting the businesses next to those businesses and just keep it going. Because you've already got somebody like Ross that doesn't communicate with their local businesses, no participation in a business watch, no security. Their loss prevention is a front. They don't do anything. They literally, their whole job is like kind of like a Walmart greeter, with the exception of the ones that have been getting in trouble lately. Is their job is just to stand there, right? They don't do anything. To even to the point like they won't even hop on a register. They're actually more useless than like a cashier. Because like they'll stand there and they'll look at the cameras, but they don't do reports. They don't contact the police. They don't intervene. They don't even talk. They don't even just like stare at you and give you that evil grandma like Mexican stare. Like when she's looking at you with the chancla. Yeah, they don't even do that. Can't even give you that old lady stare where they're just disappointed in you. And like you feel bad, they can't even pull that off. They just stand there. <laughs> it's just a big joke. And I do feel bad for some of the employees because they got to witness this all day, every day. And people might be like, well, hey, you know, it's not their stuff. You know, insurance takes care of it. The, you know, higher corporate takes care of it. It's still an effect on your mental health. It really is. When you got to witness theft every day from douchebags, it just affects you. You don't want to work there anymore. And some of them go off and get another job. But some of them are older or less experienced. And so that's the job they're stuck at. Or maybe they have mobility issues. And that is the closest job to where they live. So they stay there longer than they should. And they have to witness it. Day in and day out. And then the neighborhood has to deal with it. 
Uh, for example, this one right here has an apartment complex right nearby. The locals at the apartment complex hate it. On one occasion, to my pride in this community, they actually surrounded a guy who stole stuff and made him give it back. And then they physically, this crowd of like eight to 10 people, escorted him off their property. And they were like, do not return here again. And they all took photos. They even gave me his photos because they're like, hey, we saw you over there. You want this guy's photo? Yes, absolutely. Information gathering, security 101. So now I know there's a guy who shows up in the area and be like, oh, I know that guy. I'll go intercept. But it's so refreshing to see the community finally be fed up and actually go after a guy. And honestly, I think that's what it's going to take nationwide. Communities just finally being done. Neighborhoods, businesses, just people. Your average person just finally being like, you know what? This, is, this isn't good. I work my ass off all day. And then here's this asshole. Here's this guy going around damaging things, flaunting it around, grabbing his junk, cussing at young girls and old ladies, giving people the bird. Here's this fucking loser, this dreg of society going around doing these things. Well, here's this other guy working hard, or here's this young kid trying to hold down a job. Now, the homeless, you can give some of a pass. Each of them are different. The reason they're homeless is different, so you have to treat it on an individual basis. Some of them actually choose to live that way. Some of them, life just hit them like a ton of bricks, and they're where they're at. So, homelessness and theft, you got to just treat each case individually until you learn more about the case. And that might be hard for some people to do. But, like I said, I've had some guys who literally stole a loaf of bread, milk, and cheese. And then you have guys that are just fucking stealing TVs out of Walmart trying to sell them at the local park. You know, it is what it is. And before we get off to the next video, I am now on my next site on patrol. And this place has kind of the trifecta here. We've got an Ulta Beauty, a Ross Dress for Less, and a Bed Bath & Beyond. And I've talked to the employees at each store. And what's Ulta Beauty's problem? Well, they've got all of those expensive beauty products that people just love to take. And really, they don't have a lot of loss prevention going on there. Um, occasionally you'll find some items that are a little higher end in anti-theft boxes and these are boxes that will trigger an alarm when they go through but they're not preventing much a lot of their items are just on the shelf you know $80 perfume just sitting there right on the shelf and the vast majority of their shoplifters are of course women at least in my experience and they'll roll in with a large purse or a large bag start dumping things off the shelves right into it and then just run out sometimes they'll have a vehicle waiting for them sometimes they'll just run around the building run across the road you know they do a variety of things but there's not a whole lot the employees can do about it if anything sometimes they'll contact the police i'll give them that and actually i don't think shoplifters realize at least when it comes to ulta beauty the amount of tiny products they have that are fairly expensive Reaching felony theft with Ulta Beauty hits pretty quick. Now, of course, your experienced shoplifter tries to avoid felony theft or tries to avoid a criminal spree, or at least getting caught involving a criminal spree. Depending on the store, they know that they're never calling the cops, 
or they know the cops aren't going to get there in time because of the area, so they worry less about criminal sprees. So that's area and venue dependent. And then, of course, the stores around it are vacant. There's no renters, nothing operating there. And then you have, beyond those vacant stores, a Ross. And so, of course, what's Ross's issue? Primarily clothes and other various items, but people will go in. They won't even take a bag with them or a backpack or a large purse. That's becoming less frequent. What's usually happening is they go to the luggage section. They'll find a duffel bag or it's like some airline luggage that Ross does sell. And then they will use that to load up with all their purchases. I mean, if you're going to steal something, might as well steal the bag too, right? And so for Ross, it is Ross dress for less. It is harder to get to that $1,000 mark. And for here, it's $1,000 for felony theft. Where you are, it might be different. But here, you know, they can stay under the $1,000 mark with Ross most of the time. Sometimes they will load up a whole shopping cart, and it is definitely over $1,000. Uh, sometimes they will take the purse stand, which I've never understood this. And a lot of Rosses, you will find that there is just like a clothing rack that you might see t-shirts be hung from. And they have purses hung from it. Now they do have like a little cable bike lock, you know, lined through the purses. But I, you know, I've seen people go in there with wire cutters or strippers and literally just cut through that thing. A, a multi-tool. And they will just cut right through it. And then string all the bags along. But one instance... Two guys lifted the entire rack <laughs> and they just carried it out and they had just finished restocking the purses that day so instead of bothering to cut the little bicycle cable locks that they had on there and the alarm tags they just picked it up carried it tossed it into the bed of a truck and took off and then finally bed bath and beyond and that's more beauty care products candles things like that and again usually women they will go in there, load up their purses or their backpack, and then just run out. And this one, funny enough, in adding to these vacant stores that this area has, a lot of stores are shutting down over here. Uh, so is the Bed Bath & Beyond. They are moving to another location. I talked with the employees. They said prior to Bed Bath & Beyond announcing that they're going to be moving to another location, that the theft was insanely high there. And... I don't know if that's the sole contributing factor. Maybe they found a cheaper place to rent. Maybe this area just isn't as profitable. Maybe it is just the shoplifting. Who knows? But even while they're shutting down, they, they're not getting in new merchandise. Once the merchandise they have is gone, it's gone. So they're not getting new shipments in. And they're still getting shoplifters. Even though they don't have their good materials coming in anymore. None of their new product is coming in. They are still getting shoplifters. Now, of course, I don't work security or loss prevention for any of these stores individually. But it's good to know what's going on in my area. When I come to a new site, or even to a site I've been at for a while, you need to know what's going on, and that means talking to people. So you've got to talk to the locals, be friendly, you've got to talk to all the employees. Even if you can't help them out that much, it's good for you to show an interest. Be like, hey, look, I understand I wasn't here, but maybe I can add it to my report. You know, and maybe if I'm made aware of stuff after the fact, maybe I can file a police report when you guys can't. Because, and again, area dependent, department dependent, I can file online police reports. So that might be an option that I can offer that they are unable to because their company restricts them or their company just, 
we'll stick with restricting. <laughs> they make it difficult. I'm sure you've heard me in the past say things like, uh, you know, Ross, for example. Uh, they restrict the websites on a company computer, which is understandable. But you don't restrict your local police department's website. You don't do that. Well, what do you know? Speak of the devil and he shall appear. Had to pause the episode there for a bit. Uh, while I was on my smoke break, sure enough, uh, from Ross, we had a shoplifter. And uh, thankfully, I'm here with a partner today. So he's literally just strolling out, armful of just enclosed. You know, he's got his arm low, maybe about uh, almost waist. And he's just got it piled up. His right arm is low by his waist. Left arm is just up holding, and it looks like it's all coats and shirts, and he's got hangers and alarm tags. And I could hear the sound before I saw him, but you know, sometimes you hear that sound, and you just gotta look at the front door and see if somebody's running or walking away. And you know, obvious dead giveaway is that there's no shopping bags, right? So he's just carrying them out, but he's walking up and down the store, you know, up the store strip. And so then I got a call in on the radio. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, Ross had sent it out to my partner because I'm on, I'm supposed to be on break and you know, you don't let your partner go handle stuff. Even if you're on break, you cut your break short, you go help your guy out. Okay. Cause you never know what it's going to end up being, you know, could be a knife, could be a gun. You know, you go help your partner out. Maybe the guy just wants the box, but you go help your partner out. You end your break. You'll, you'll finish taking the rest of your break later, you know, cause that, that, that is a move where you just, you, you never trust your guy again, where it's like, hey man, you literally just watched me get my ass kicked, and you say, because you were on break, you know, that's not going to fly, no way, but went over there, helped him out, um, partner was coming up behind, nice and quiet, guy didn't even look around, he was walking out, strutting, nice and confident, doesn't appear that he was walking towards a vehicle, uh, so, because that, that's one thing you want, you want to do sometimes, you know, if you know your area. You look for a vehicle obviously i'm on one end of the lot partners on the other following up behind nice and quiet and so i'm looking like okay where's this guy going you know is he going towards the road is he going towards uh the ditch near the back of the building is he going towards a vehicle and it was really hard to tell there for a minute because they all kind of are in, in the same area you know you go one way there's the road you go the other way there's a ditch you go another way there's a wall sometimes they'll throw everything over the wall and then just walk around the wall or hop over the wall. Or sometimes they got a buddy who's just driving around in a circle, waiting for him, looking for him. In this case, the guy was on foot and I show up and he tries to go the other way and then he sees my partner and he drops a bunch of stuff and tries to take off running. Uh, we actually got some help from a customer, which uh, was pretty awesome. Uh, just an older gentleman who saw it happen, came around with his vehicle, hopped out of his vehicle, and. Uh, he dropped everything else and took off running. And we just kind of let him go and picked up the stuff. Um, of course, it's from Ross, so they're not contacting the cops. If we call the cops, you know, Ross isn't going to press charges. It just is what it is. But hey, we got the stuff back. And they took the stuff back. Sometimes they won't, which is super awkward because then you're like, well, hey, what do I do with all this stuff that's stolen? You know, and that makes it really weird. Um, you know, we've had some. 
weird conversations with the police about, hey, uh, we're in possession of stolen property. This is what we observed. And then when the cops try and take it back, usually they'll accept it because there's a police officer involved. Um, sometimes even then, I've seen store managers not accept uh, the product back. And I don't know what the cops do with it after that. You know, maybe, maybe they just take it into evidence and maybe it gets donated someday. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, it's definitely awkward because you're like, well, dude, it's, it's all right here. Like, we understand if you need to discard the stuff that was damaged. But the rest of it, it's like it's right here. And it was a bunch of coats. Uh, partners adding everything up right now. I'm back on break. And I'm just waiting to see if the uh, police need me for anything. You know, stand by. Like they're going to see if they're going to contact the police, but I just, I doubt it. Um, the old man wants to. The old man wanted to chase the guy down the road, and we just suggested not, not to bother. Um, obviously, I can't make him do anything. That's his decision, but my recommendation was just to not bother. Uh, we got some photos of the guy. Doesn't look familiar to anybody, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen from now. But I'm curious to see how much it is. Uh, if they find out before... You know, I have to end here. Maybe I can update it later in the episode. Um, but, you know, the uh, price tags in some of them were like $40, $30, you know, for all these coats. It's funny, though, you know, speak of the devil and he shall appear, right? And talking about shoplifting and boom, shoplifter. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny. It's middle of the day. You know, we're not we're not near the morning. We're not near the evening at all. Uh, we're not near business close time. Like I said before, you know, Ross, any time of the day, it doesn't matter. And just Ross, man. Uh, so yeah, police ended up uh, showing up for that. So that was interesting. Um, the witness wanted to really get involved and my partner decided to go with it so back the partner up and yeah cops got down here they showed the photo and they are familiar with the guy they have picked him up before uh, so they are searching the area for him right now uh, they did finish the final count and it was uh, 687 dollars and change in all the stuff he took um, he even had in the pockets of a bunch of the coats uh, just random electronics and tools and I'm always surprised at, like the random tools and crap Ross sells. Uh, but yeah, he had some of the pockets loaded up with stuff. You know, just random like phone accessories and other tools and stuff. Um, a lot of panties, which was kind of weird. Uh, those little three packs and five packs of panties. Uh, but yeah, $687. So yeah, nowhere near the uh, uh, felony limit for theft here. But... You know, maybe he's on a spree. The cops said they know who he is. Um, they were able to give us a name, and so we're going to attach a name to that photo. Um, whether or not Ross LP is going to do anything, I highly doubt it. They almost never do anything unless somebody gets hurt. And even then, you know, uh, most cases I've seen the employee ends up quitting uh, because nothing happens. And they'll be like, well, hey, I got assaulted, and you guys, like, hired security for two days. And what, so just nothing? You guys aren't going to do anything for me? And yeah, yeah, that happens, unfortunately. And a lot of people find that out. I had a uh, young girl, 16, working at her first job. It was a uh, factory to you. And it was her first week. I think it was like her second or third day. 
and guy comes in with a gun and robs the place. Not, not only did he take the money out of the register, so of course, you know, felony right there, robbery, gun, took the money out of the register, also ran out with a bunch of clothes. And Factory to You is like another kind of like warehouse version of Ross. They just got a lot of really cheap clothes. Uh, their big old gimmick is sometimes they put clothing stands outside and sell like cheap, you know, $5 items. And so people walk up and steal those $5 items. And uh, one manager told me that's actually part of a plan is, yeah, they do sell that stuff, um, but that they hope that people just steal the cheap stuff and uh, don't go after the heavy stuff, which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah, in that instance, uh, you know, 16 year old girl, first job, gets robbed the first week she's there and she quit the same week. And I can't say I blame her. Um, funny enough, they did hire security. Uh, that one, they hired it for two weeks. And yeah, right, two weeks, right, after a fucking armed robbery. Um, they, they hired armed security. And so the guy was uh, tack vested up, tack belt, looked professional, looked nice and clean. And uh, had a sidearm on his side, a call for baton, pepper spray, taser, and he also had a shotgun. And the funny thing is, uh, for the next month, you know, there was not a single theft that happened that entire month. And some of the stores didn't get it. I mean, for that first week he was there, yeah, we had a few attempts. Um, and we ended up working with the guy. Again, guys on ground, right? Support each other. And he was so curious about the area, he's like, hey, I'm only here for two weeks. You know, but can you tell me about things like, hey, where's the dangerous spots? Uh, what, what locals am I looking out for? Like, who's got, who are the people that are here every day? And so, yeah, you know, we shared information. I backed him up. He backed me up, backed the other guys up when I wasn't there. And I'm like, that's really cool. Loved having that support. But people were so surprised. Like, how, how come there was no theft for a month? I'm like, you literally had a guy standing outside your store with a shotgun. Of course, they decided not to come back. <laughs> But after he left, and it was just us there, uh, we started seeing, after 30 days or so, uh, a lot of the shopliftings kicked up again because they only hired him for two weeks, and we weren't there the whole time. Their company was there uh, from that store's open to close. They had somebody outside, and they also had a marked security vehicle too, which was really nice. And so right in front of their store, there he is. He's got his ambers on. He stands out front. He's armed. Sometimes he'd hold the shotgun. Sometimes the shotgun would stay in the vehicle. We also had uh, a marked police vehicle on site uh, that the police department parked there. No officer inside, mind you. Uh, but it, it was a tactic that the local police department said, hey, you can hire an off-duty cop to work uh, security, or you can also hire one of our marked vehicles from the fleet to just kind of sit on your property. And so you had a combination of our company, his company, and this marked uh, police vehicle on the property every day, you know, for that two week period. And then us and the marked vehicle on the property for the remainder of the month. And so just nothing. Now, eventually they stopped wanting to pay for that vehicle to sit there. The cops would come and move it once in a while, uh, but it would just sit there. And we'd be able to use that, like I'd be on one side of the property and the vehicle would be on the other. And people just didn't want to be there the locals would see it and they'd take off or they'd see me and take off or they'd see the other guy working there fully armed take off but yeah I just found that really funny that the businesses were so surprised and it's like yes because they're seeing resistance they're gonna go someplace easier all right they're all aware that a robbery happened locally and now they're seeing this uh, response 
And so that heavy response, the locals are just like, you know what, we'll, we'll go down to the shopping plaza down the road. You know, we'll go to the other one. Because, I mean, if you think they only steal in one spot, no. No, 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 no. They steal all over town, you know, same place where you're at. They're going to hit multiple stores, multiple plazas. And they're like, you know what, this one's too hard. Let's move on to the next one. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Security really is just kicking the problem down the road. So we're getting back to the videos and it looks on like on this one we have a raw stress for less and the caption is how are you going to steal and then come back to look for your cell so based on that i would assume that the would-be thief or the thief whatever uh left their cell phone behind somehow and funny enough i've actually seen that uh where someone has stolen something and they forgot their wallet or their backpack, or their purse, or their phone, or some random stuff. I think my favorite one was a guy who did a beer run, and he was shoving something in his pocket. When he pulled his hand back out, uh, he was wearing sweatpants, and so his wallet dropped on the floor. And dude had everything in there. He had his driver's license, he had his college ID, uh, he had his social security card, uh, debit and credit cards with his name on it, and just other random like ID cards there with his name and in other information on it. So of course the cops show up and the cop that showed up was just laughing the whole time because we showed him the video and right there on the video is where the wallet just falls and hits the ground and he picks up the beer and he takes off. And so that, you know, of course they got him with uh, the theft, uh, but he was also funny enough underage. Uh, so they charged him with that too. Ended up talking with the guy's parents and it, it's just funny. Good evening, how are you? She sounds like she wants to cry. Which one? The one that's talking. Is that one? Get my shit right now, I'm not paying you. Get my fucking shit right now, I'm crying right here. More fucking expensive for this. You don't want to go back to pay Oh, and she threatened to whoop one of the employees' asses. So she has a previous uh, theft, and now, of course, she's threatened an employee. Um, I'm unsure of the legality of holding on to stuff. Um, I know I have in the past, uh, where shoplifter left something behind. Like, they left a bicycle, and... They took off. For some reason, didn't get on their bike. I don't know if they just, you know, they're going to come back for it later. So we moved it. We moved it into a stock room. And when we told the cops, hey, this is what happened. So we just moved the bike into the stock room. And the cops are like, you know what? One of them had the idea to run the serial number on the bike. And they're like, this bike was reported stolen over a year ago. And it's just like, you know, random funny stuff like that. Um, I've also searched backpacks and stuff that get left behind. Um, 
I, I don't know what if they're just not thinking or maybe they're really under the influence of alcohol or narcotics or maybe they panicked I, I don't know uh, but then you search through the bag and you find IDs and you find drugs and you be really careful when you're doing that and make sure your company's cool with it your training's good for it you know wh whatever the procedure there because I, I do know a guy who got stuck with a needle and of course they sent him to the hospital and they got him checked multiple times in the same month and he ended up being fine but you know sometimes people's stuff has like needles and you know they'll have uh, oil burners that are broken and other stuff in there that you just don't want to touch with your bare hands so you know make sure you're wearing some good medical gloves and make sure you're wearing some sturdy gloves you know depending on the case and you know keep keep uh keep some of that 90 percent isopropyl alcohol with you when you can and some or some good hand sanitizer because after you're done touching stuff even with some gloves on sometimes you just feel dirty or if you ended up using like your multi-tool or something to touch something you know sanitize your multi-tool spray you know spray that rubbing alcohol on it or I, I knew one guy he used a pair of multi-tool anytime he had to touch something that was drug related you know because sometimes the cops won't come out for it and you still got to dispose of it he wouldn't touch it with his hands even with gloves he'd use this one multi-tool and then he would take a uh, torch lighter and burn the multi-tool until it was like glowing orange. And he's just like, I am not touching any of this stuff with my hands, gloves or no gloves. And that's just the way he chose to handle it. That was funny, the employee said it's my phone now. This is the Ross and Pico Rivera CA. Getting kicked out BC, we shoplifted before. But they don't want to show proof. This is the Ross and Pico. Looks like that just loops. Uh, but it's a Ross in California. And apparently, um, the people involved are claiming that the store is saying that they shoplifted in the past. And that the store does not want to show them evidence of said shoplifting. And stores don't usually have to show it. You know, if they just don't want you in the store, just leave. You know, maybe they fucked up and maybe they got, you know, the wrong identity. And if you want to, you know, call corporate and make a complaint, by all means. But if you stick around and you cause problems, they're just going to call the cops. And then they're going to have you trespassed. So if, you know, dealing with corporate is something you want to do, handle it over the phone. You know, contact your attorney if you feel you need to. But don't sit there and handle it at the store all hot and angry because then when the cops do show up and hey, maybe even the video footage does look like you. And even if it's not, you know, who are the cops going to believe? They're going to believe the store. So we have another one. couple came into Ross and got out with two luggages full of stuff and didn't pay. I got their license plate number and they had kids waiting in the car. Apparently this happened in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Unfortunately, they're playing all this music over. I'd love to hear if there's any kind of verbal altercation 
between loss prevention or store employees or if this is just a customer or security or whatnot. looks like that's it but you know unfortunately I have seen quite a few shoplifters and other people committing criminal acts um, have small children waiting in a vehicle for them while they're off doing whatever they're doing and that is kind of sad but it does happen so you know if you run across it in your career just you know roll with it you know it's just something some people should not be parents it just is what it is Buddy, you're shoplifting at a Ross. I never thought I'd have to say this to a criminal, but do better. That's freaking funny. I mean, yeah, Ross does have some name brand stuff. You know, they got some okay purses and whatever, I guess. But they are, again, Ross dress for less. Not Ross spend your hundreds and thousands. They do have junk. But people steal it. So the video is of a guy trying to grab purses off of one of their, uh, looks like a coat rack. And uh, he's setting off various alarms because some of those alarms are motion. Well, not motion, uh, not really seismic. Uh, kind of just tamper. You know, like if you've ever been in a Ross and if you move the shoes too, you know, quickly, it sets off a small screamer alarm. Same thing with these purses. If you make like a jerking motion, it sets off the alarms to let employees know, hey, somebody's screwing with the merchandise or somebody set it off by accident. Maybe go offer some assistance or heck, maybe someone's stealing it. But while he's attempting to grab purses off, an employee grabbed the rack and uh, ripped it from him and he dropped some of the purses and she picks them up. And then it just kind of ends there with the uh, other guy admonishing him. Uh, let's see if we can see some more out of there. them or until the battery runs out or until a certain time just kind of runs out and so they'll keep going and what that's for is that when they get out of the store maybe parking lot security maybe a police officer who's looking for them can hear it down the road so what most of them will do is they'll stop in the parking lot or someplace where they can hide real quick and you'll see them start smashing those alarms against the ground or they'll bring a tool with them to cut them off or damage them in some way so that they're no longer functional, so that screaming noise goes away. Kudos to the employee. Um, looks like it's a Ross in Fullerton, California. And, you know, unfortunately she probably got admonished or in trouble in some way. Um, I don't see any loss prevention uniform, but I've, I've even seen their loss prevention employees get in trouble for trying to actually prevent loss. So, you know, Ross is just Ross.
Uh, just a quick note, I am still on patrol uh, while I'm conducting this episode. And funny enough, I am near a Ross right now. Uh, but something just kind of caught my eye. And feel like I maybe wanted to comment on it. I've seen some security guards get uh, a little zealous when people are working on their vehicle in a parking lot. And so what I have right now is there is like a uh, silver truck. Looks like a Ford. Um, and they got the hood up. And there is, you know, a male and a female, you know, just digging in the engine bay. And, you know, sometimes people have car trouble. You know, sometimes people are, you know, if you ever run out of gas or, you know, if your engine starts overheating, you know, you pull over where you pull over. You know, I get that not a lot of properties want people working on their vehicle, you know, on their property. Uh, but that's usually certain kinds of people, certain issues, you know, where vehicles get abandoned on the property and then they use that, like, property to work on their vehicle every single day. You know, it's just a quick thing, you know, obviously, you know, you're not going to be carrying all kinds of automotive tools on you. But if you need to, like, let them know, like, hey, you know, I see you're having car trouble. Um, if you guys can leave me some contact info, I can let the night guy know not to have the vehicle listed as a tow, you know, as an abandoned vehicle or anything. You know, just give me like a phone number so that way we can call you. Or if we see any damage that happens, like if you guys are planning on leaving it here overnight, you know, if there's any damage, we can call you and let you know, let you know that we filed a police report because it's on our property. So, you know, if you're out working security and you see somebody working on their vehicle, you know, use a little bit of your investigation skills, you know, use a little bit of your judgment, a little bit of your discretion to sit there and go, you know, is this some tweaker working on my, on this vehicle? Or is this someone who's just having a quick spot of car trouble? You know, is this somebody abandoning a vehicle? Cause it's, you know, clearly like a homeless living arrangement. Or is this someone who's just, you know, trying to fix their car real quick and get it back home? You know, don't be a dick for the sake of being a dick. You know, yeah, you know, use your suspicions, you know, use context clues, figure a situation out. If something's sketchy, you know, treat it like it's sketchy. But if somebody's just trying to fix something real quick so they can get home, you know, don't be an asshole. So this just happened today in Ross. 1933 Davis St. San Leandro. Just walking casually and taking things for free. So this just happened. Yeah, uh, so what we have here is a guy dressed up in a hoodie. He's got the COVID-19 style face mask, wearing some sunglasses. And he's just walking out with two armfuls of just various clothing product. Uh, you've got Loss Prevention, who is walking in a kind of figure eight pattern in front of the exit. And that, that works for some level of deterrence, you know, someone keeping an eye on things. But a lot of the shoplifters know that Ross Loss Prevention isn't allowed to do anything, can't do anything, won't do anything, won't call the police, whatever. And so they just walk right by them. Sometimes they'll cuss at them, smile at them, you know, tell them to get a real job. And yeah, that kind of sucks for that guy. But yeah, that's just the way they choose to handle it as a business. So look at this shit. So at every Ross now, y'all, 
since they've been stealing shit. They got everybody lining up like we back here COVID times. And I know you see this line. You got loss prevention work in the door. You got to stand inside. It's like you got to wait for them to buy something and then come out. Wait for them to buy something, then come out. It's like um, happening at all of them, though, which is crazy to me because it's pointless. People can still go in here and steal and walk out the door like they've been doing. So I don't understand putting the boss doing this. Interesting. So uh, I don't know where this is, uh, but it is a Ross that is trying to restrict how many people enter the store. Um, they're, just, they're not stopping people from stealing, but they're creating a perception of security by having two loss prevention personnel at the front door. And they're having people line up uh, kind of like they did during COVID. And once a person exits the store, then loss prevention will let the next person in the store. Um, personally, I mean, it's just Ross Dress for Less, guys. I'm not waiting in line. Not me. You know, I'll, I'll go shop somewhere else. But I can understand, you know, someone who's in charge of their loss prevention is trying to come up with some sort of plan to mitigate that loss. And so that does make, you know, a modicum of sense. It's just, I, I get it, but I'm not waiting in line. You know, I'm there to buy whatever I'm going to buy. I'm going to get the heck out of there. I'm not... You know, the kind of person that wants to spend an hour in a store. I usually go to the store knowing what I want. And maybe I'll pick up a couple extra items if I see something that looks neat. But by and large, I don't stick around. I get my stuff, I get out. As I'm patrolling on my next site, because uh, this just happened not too long ago, uh, we had a fire here. And based on the look of it and its location, it was probably started by the local homeless population. Um, talking with some of the firefighters, it looks like they were trying to cook something or maybe just trying to stay warm. And they lost control of it. Uh, you know, it happens more often than you might think. Uh, not a lot of the homeless, especially if they're new at this kind of life, are familiar with outdoor living. And it looks like the brush caught fire, and they caught fire to a tree. And the fire department got here real quick. They were here in, I don't know, maybe two minutes. And they put it right out. But the local homeless were not to be found. And just by the looks of things, that, that's what this was. The ground is kind of charred up. We've got a uh, completely black tree right here, and there's still smoke coming off of it, but they, uh, they sprayed the ground down pretty well, as well as the trees with water and uh, some kind of foam material. I don't know a whole lot about fire science, so I'm unfamiliar with it, but apparently it helps prevent the fire from restarting. This has actually happened uh, quite a few times on this property, but usually small. Um, often it's a warming fire or a cooking fire. Um, and many times when we get the complaint, they actually haven't lost control of the fire, but people can smell the smoke, you know, and then go look for it. They see it and they're like, oh no, you know, the alley's on fire, the wash is on fire, behind the building is on fire. And it's not actually, but people see smoke and they assume the worst. And that's not the wrong answer, you know, when you see it, 
you definitely want to report it because fires can spread insanely quickly especially if you've got a lot of dry brush trees paper stuff that just catches fire really easily and a lot of what this is here is dry leaves dead branches you know this could all go up really quick if left uncontrolled and so when we came across it someone else had already called 911 thankfully um, I do have a small fire extinguisher but it was not big enough to take on the size of this fire. It wasn't large. It's just the one I have is more of like a uh, vehicle fire extinguisher in case my vehicle catches fire. Maybe I can put out something small like a trash can fire. It's, uh, it's not gonna be able to put out a brush fire too easily. And of course the building does have spigots, but they're all, uh, all the knobs are off of them. You need a wrench to turn them. I don't have one. And on top of that, I don't even have a hose. And the building next to it, uh, they do have hoses, but the employees are like, uh, we don't know if we can do that. And part of that is just corporate brainwashing, in my opinion. You know, employees not allowed to react because they don't know if they're allowed to react because they'll get written up or fired or, you know, like when there's an actual emergency, it's one of the reasons you see people just kind of stand by because they don't know what to do they spent their whole working career just being told you can't do anything or corporate's going to get us in trouble on top of that of the uh, bystan, uh, bystander effect you know where people also assume well somebody else will take care of it and it's like you know not not all the time um i remember a case out of new york city where a woman was being mugged and a local homeless gentleman intervened to protect her because he saw what was happening the homeless individual this gentleman was stabbed multiple times in the stomach and chest area um, and no one called 911. The woman ran away. Uh, she did not call 911. Um, local witnesses did not call 911. People who just happened to walk up on the scene and see this guy bleeding on the ground did not call 911. And one guy even kicked the guy on the ground and did not call, you know, obviously did not call 911. And worst of all, someone actually rifled through his pockets and took his wallet if i remember correctly and all of this getting caught on an atm camera because that's where she was mugged was in front of an atm so you know if you're using an atm always be cautious people always be aware of who's around you what's in your surroundings make sure you have a defensive tool make sure you go with a friend you know atm muggings they still happen and so no one called 911, and they called this an entire case of the bystander effect, uh, where people walked up on it and just assumed someone else would take care of it. Well, if everyone has that same mentality, then no one's going to take care of it. So every once in a while, you know, just nut up, would you? If you see somebody in trouble, you know, I get it. There's a whole thing about, you know, don't get involved, it's not your business. But there's certain things where you can tell, where you should just have the mental, emotional and moral fortitude to be like, you know what? This is obviously wrong. Maybe I'm not big enough. Maybe I'm not strong enough. Maybe I'm not fast enough, but I can at least call somebody. You know, you can at least call the police or a fire department or ambulance. If you don't know how to take care of it, call somebody who can. If something is just so obviously wrong, get somebody to take care of it because it did lead to this guy's death. And after they did the autopsy, it determined that 
he could have survived. They were non-life-threatening uh, wounds. He literally died because no one came to attend him for multiple hours. The hospital was like, yes, we could have stitched him up and he would have been okay. He would have survived these wounds. But due to blood loss and due to just no one attending him over these hours, he succumbed. All because of the bystander effect. And I'm not telling people to go out there and be Superman, all right? But every once in a while, you know, just do something that's morally decent. You see somebody actually in trouble. You see a dude bleeding on the ground, call an ambulance. You see a house on fire, call the fire department. You see somebody getting robbed, call the police. I'm not telling you to run in there with a Glock and a freaking fire extinguisher and handle everything. You know, pull a first aid kit out of your ass and just go to work. No. But if you do see something, maybe speak up. A new career opportunity for a Hawaiian woman captured on video trying to stop a thief at Best Buy. Summer Tapasa was on her shift as an asset protection worker when she saw the man trying to dash out the door with a pricey portable speaker. Despite company policy not to engage physically with shoplifters, Tapasa blocked the man from leaving. Other people intervened and the would-be thief left empty-handed. Tapasa followed him outside to tell him not to return. Now, after this video went viral, she got a call from a team in the Women's Football League Association. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Click the. That was really interesting. Um, you know, depending on the company, like I've spoken before about Ross, uh, their loss prevention is pretty much neutered. Uh, other companies, not so much. You know, some of their loss prevention can chase people down, tackle people, you know, do the whole basically security thing, but just internal for their company. And man, she did pretty good. Uh, so you got this guy trying to run out with expensive speakers, whatnot, and she is utilizing uh, open palm and forearms to just keep pushing him back. And she has a good, you know, straddle stance going on to where the guy can't really knock her down, you know, because if you're not standing right when you're trying to push somebody or somebody tries to exert force over you, you can actually easily be knocked over. So that's something you kind of want to practice, having a good straddle stance. Which is good for like when you're trying to pat people down or if you just end up getting into a fight, you know, you're basically utilizing your legs and your hips, your knees to keep you stable so that way you don't get knocked down easily. Um, you know, if you've got a foot forward and a foot back, that's also something you can do. You can use your rear leg to keep yourself balanced if you get pushed. You know, if you stand too wide, you might just go uh, sprawling onto the ground. So it's, it's a good thing to practice. and be aware of and she did a really good job and thankfully there were three other customers who got involved and they all tackled this guy to the ground took the stuff he was stealing and then they kicked him out obviously tell him don't ever return so yeah good for them uh, the lights are on in that store, but it remains closed as the investigation still goes on into what happened. You know, shoplifting isn't uncommon, but according to police, what happened here was very uncommon. Two people dead after a shoplifting incident earlier this morning. Take a look. 
10.25 a.m., things are beginning to pick up as shoppers make their way to this giant grocery store on Route 10 in Oxon Hill, the Eastover Shopping Center. No one could have anticipated gunfire, but witnesses say they heard lots of it. At least five rounds. A woman and a man, a security guard at the store, both died. As police pieced the scene together, they believe that not everyone at this giant came to shop. What appears to be is that the adult female was inside the grocery store attempting to commit a theft. Police say that woman was approached by the security guard at the front of the store. During this encounter, the adult female removed a handgun from her backpack and began firing rounds at the security guard, causing the security guard to return fire. Both were hit. The woman was rushed to the hospital where she was pronounced dead a short time later. The security guard died at the scene. Yeah, he was a pretty good guy, man. Pretty good guy. Others who knew the guard say he was dedicated to his work, but also understanding and patient during the all-too-frequent thefts from this store. There have now been three deaths at this shopping center in two days. A man was stabbed to death here at Eastover Wednesday, an apparent robbery. The store video shows a suspect who's still at large. One killing a day or two ago, and then another one right here. And what's terrible is... You have a police substation here. The police department is committed. There's a reason our police department uh, has a division right in the shopping center. And that's for, you know, the safety and security of these citizens that we partner with on a daily basis. Police say no one else in the store was injured by gunfire, and they're reviewing security video and witness accounts to see if the woman was alone at the time. And we're asking the community to partner with us even more to try to stop these violent, brazen attacks that are occurring in our shopping centers. To me, you want to shoot, go to war. Uh, the lights are on. Oh, that's unfortunate and very interesting case. Um, so what they have here is initially a shoplifting uh, but the person had a concealed firearm on them and when they were intervened by the security guard when the security guard intercepted this person uh, drew the firearm and began shooting the security guard themselves was also armed drew their weapon and returned fire which you know good for that security guard you know returning fire when they were taking rounds um, unfortunately it looks like they both hit each other and the security guard died at the scene and she died later. Very unfortunate situation all around. So for shoplifting, uh, really it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It is a petty offense to a misdemeanor in most places. Unless it involves a criminal spree, the person involved has a prior history, which means you know they've gone through the court system, they've been convicted guilty, and then they continue to do it. Some states, We'll switch that to a felony if you've automatically got a history of it or if it reaches over a certain dollar amount uh, in a lot of places it's a thousand dollars grand theft but most of the time shoplifting is a petty offense to misdemeanor because it's not considered a very severe crime and while it does negatively impact communities and businesses and you know as you can see lots of cities are dealing with it uh, some estimates are $4 billion lost every year, or e even more than that. You know, it depends on who you go and get your statistics with. But again, it is a petty offense to a misdemeanor. Where I'm at, the maximum punishment you can get for it is a $2,500 fine, six months in jail, and a year of probation. That is the max punishment for just shoplifting. And you often will not see judges do the max. Especially if it's not a repeat offender or they just haven't been caught. They've been lucky this whole time. 
But the moment you bring any kind of violence into it, whether you know if you hit somebody, you threaten somebody, or you produce a weapon, you turn it into robbery. And there you've got a felony. And then once you discharge a weapon, you know, you know, or if you hurt somebody, that's a whole other thing. So not only did they have that shoplifting, okay, now it's armed robbery. And now, you know, if this person was still alive, you're looking at attempted murder to murder. And, you know, for any, in some places, you know, for any other crime you commit, let's, let's say you've got a team, right? Um, you know, you're a shoplifting team and one of your cohorts decides to just kill people. Uh, you who got away, who was like, oh my God, you know, this guy I went to just go shoplifting with is fucking crazy. You can still be charged with murder because you were in the commission of a crime that resulted in a murder. Even if you weren't the one that did it, you can sometimes be charged anyway. Effectively guilty by association because you were with the person that did it. You were committing the crime with the person who did it. So, you know, it's just not worth it. You know, if you're going to be out stealing stuff, yeah, I'm going to call you a dreg. You know, you're just fucking worthless to me and a lot of people, really. But it's not worth pulling a weapon and turning what's, you know, a petty offense to misdemeanor into a full-blown felony. You know, it's not worth taking people's lives over stealing from, like, Ross or Walmart or something. And that even includes the non-lethal weapons. Uh, you've seen some, you might have seen some cases in the news where a shoplifter goes in and they pepper spray the employees and some customers and then steal stuff. It's still robbery. You assaulted people and then committed theft. So it's not just shoplifting anymore. You just committed a felony by doing that. So it really just is not worth it. You know, if, if that's the way you're going to go live your life, that's how you're going to do things. Just take stuff. Don't talk to anybody. Don't threaten anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Don't produce a weapon. And you'll keep it on that low end of the spectrum. And not that I really want to give, you know, how to get away with shit advice to criminals, but, you know, it's better that than someone dying because you're an idiot. And, you know, ultimately my best advice would be just go out and get a fucking job. There are jobs out there that pay more than minimum wage without college and without a lot of experience, you know, that you can work your way up. Try and do something better with your life than being a serial shoplifter at all these crappy stores. Police are searching for the man who got into a scuffle with a security guard at a Dwayne Reed store in Manhattan. It happened last Saturday on East 34th Street. Police say the suspect filled up a bag with Gatorade and other items and then tried to leave the store. When the 64-year-old security guard tried to stop him, police say the man pulled out a hypodermic needle and tried to stab the guard with it. The suspect then left the store empty-handed. The security guard was not seriously hurt. Police are searching for... So that is something that I have actually personally dealt with. Uh, you know, go stop a shoplifter or go to engage somebody who's vagrant behind your building or, you know, just something like that. And then they pull a needle on you. And that, that is something you definitely don't want to get cut with or poked with, jabbed with, whatever. Um, you know, I'll, t I'll take a knife <laughs> over, over one of those needles because you just don't know. Um, we had uh, kind of a local story here is a young man was joining the Air Force and he decided to go down to a restaurant uh, near the MEP Center and 
uh, he got stabbed by some junkie or what, what have you and the guy ended up getting AIDS from it and then he could no longer join the Air Force so you know there's always something like that you know maybe, maybe you get you know freaking tetanus or you know maybe you end up getting uh, some other transmitted disease that's incurable or will severely impact your life um, so needles yeah they're super dangerous um, I know a guard who got stabbed with one once uh, thankfully he was okay did not contract any diseases he ended up getting you know, regular checks just to make sure and thankfully he was okay but it, it is a huge concern when you're interacting with people whether it be a shoplifter or a homeless person or you know just some other kind of negative person that you don't want on your property somebody starts pulling a needle and starts swinging at you make sure you get some distance okay don't get up close with that guy because you don't know what that needle might have in it you know you don't know what that what's in the syringe you don't know if there's any kind of diseases from people using it you know you just don't know so back off that that would be an instant case of uh, i would deploy pepper spray immediately get myself as much distance as possible and i would just keep spraying i'd waste the whole can and then grab the next can and you know i've had an incident where i actually used all my pepper spray in one night on the same person and that, that was a bad night you know it was two cans of pepper gel and one large can of just pepper spray and i hated using the spray because it was mildly windy and a lot of that kept coming back at me but i only had the two cans of gel on me and i had the one can of spray which now i don't even have spray at all now it's just all gel but i used all three cans and the spray can was much larger and this guy just kept coming you know i thought he would like run away and then it's the moment he starts moving down the road you try to back off and all of a sudden he comes back at you like full run so thankfully, you know, after that, I was like, I've used all three cans. Now it's baton and here's my little stun gun. And he finally took off after that. And of course, we got law enforcement involved, uh, but they didn't find the guy that. I don't know if they ever found the guy, actually. They definitely did not find him that night. A store security guard under arrest tonight, along with a suspected shoplifter after a takedown in Century 21's Lower Manhattan store, reportedly got a little too rough. Eyewitness News reporter Naveen Dhaliwal talked to an eyewitness and has the story. It happened right here on Day Street, Century 21 right there around the corner, One World Trade. That crowd got big and then someone pulled out their cell phone and pressed record. People are always going to record. People are always going to record you. Cell phones are everywhere. So if you're doing something, whether you're in the right or whether you're in the wrong, someone's gonna be recording you. It just is what it is. Oh, that not only got an alleged shoplifter arrested, but also a Century 21 security guard now in trouble with the law. It shows the chaos as security slams a man identified as Victor Robertson to the ground. They were in fact kind of choking him and. At the point he was on the ground, he started to scream, I can't breathe. Brian Frazier was on his way to dinner when he pulled out his phone last night, and it was apparent to him this was not a... If you're screaming, I can't breathe, you can still breathe. It's just that you're panicking. Um, and, you know, not to discount a person who is panicked. They're going to you know, they're gonna have that panic attack. They're going to feel like maybe they can't breathe when they actually are. Uh, some people, it's also a cop-out, and, you know, due to recent incidents in our society. Uh, so they'll shout it even though it's not true, whether they're dealing with security or law enforcement, etc. Typical situation. Where you see one of the security guards you know, put his hands around his neck, cover his mouth, and, and punch him. 
and that led to the question whether excessive force was used. Police think so. They also looked at this video and that 24-year-old security guard now facing an assault charge. A crowd, including Robertson's girlfriend, growing defensive. You know, it looks like it may have been excessive force. Um, oftentimes, you'll find in security training, uh, what you'll end up doing is a lot of open-handed actions. Open hand. That means not a fist. Uh, so, you know, if you're punching a guy, you know, it better be because that's your last recourse for defense. Um, you should have defensive tools if your company doesn't totally suck. So you should have pepper spray or a taser to defend yourself. Um, yeah, you can definitely use your fist to defend yourself. You know, if that's all you got or that's all you, you know, if you can't reach your defensive tools, you know, and you're in the middle of a fight, yeah. But you got to be able to justify it. You know, so if you got the guy on the ground and you're hitting him, you know, that probably is not justified. Um, if you're trying to detain them, that's understandable. But again, reasonable force while you're trying to perform a detention, okay? Because you're detaining them to transfer them to law enforcement. That's it. You know, you detain them, you contact law enforcement, law enforcement handles the investigation. So if you went above and beyond uh, what your standards are for use of force, you know, which is, again, just reasonable force. Same as any other citizen, really. You can't just go around punching a guy because, you know, he's stealing stuff, necessarily. Um, again, there's always variables. Uh, but those variables are going to be really limited. So, yeah, just, just beating the crap out of somebody with your fists uh, likely is not going to be okay. You know, especially you got that guy on the ground. So, you know, just use reasonable force. Use your use of force continuum. Use your training. And for the love of God, please have some defensive tools. Screaming at the guards. At this point, he was being non-compliant. Um, not in the way that um, you would assume. It's just because, you know, they were kind of punching and kicking him. An executive director from Century 21 responding, saying, they're taking this matter very seriously. And the asset protection team member involved in the apprehension of the alleged shoplifter has been suspended pending an investigation. We will continue to cooperate fully with law enforcement. Police have identified that security guard as Wilson Acosta. We've learned that he'll appear in front of a judge at a later date. In Lower Manhattan, Naveen Dhaliwal. Okay, so he was suspended pending an investigation. Um, he's probably going to get fired uh, pending the court case. I'll probably wait to see if he gets off or not. And again, sometimes when a security guard gets in trouble, I think we've covered this in the past, uh, sometimes I'll move you to another site. Like, you definitely won't be working like he's working at Century 21. You know, maybe he'll work for the same company, but uh, maybe I'll move him to a different site. You know, because they need bodies. Unless he actually faces a criminal charge, in which case he might lose his security license, or it's just something their company can't deal with, so you're fired. calling from Cole's department store on Gulf Road. I've got an active yeah. um, theft going on. An urgent call from store security to 911 from inside the Delafield Coles last month as the security guard watches two men and a woman on store security cameras load items into a cart like this wallet that she's convinced are about to be stolen. 
and a concealing merchandise. They've got a cart full and they're um, in a U-Haul truck. And where's the U-Haul? In the parking lot. She watches as they casually go through the store, even taking time to sample some cologne, but accumulate more and more items in their cart. They're about to go. The east. Hold on. They're about to exit. Right? Sorry, they keep coming. They're about to exit and then they come back. They're like plotting their exit. As the security guard waits for police to arrive, she's still on the phone with 911 when the woman pushes the cart full of stolen items out the front door. Yes, they're going to go right now. i got to go make the apprehension. She's the one in purple chasing the woman with the cart. It led to a 17-mile police chase that ended that's that's impressive um kudos to that police department in that area because uh a lot of shoplifting in my area is you're lucky you get the cops there in like four hours you know it really just depends depends on the business depends on how busy they are that day um she should have had a backup though you know like she's lost prevention i get that so she's gonna go try and uh, do an intercept make that apprehension you know intervene in some way there should have been someone else on the phone, you know, calling it in. Because now she's got one hand occupied with the phone while she's on call with 911. And then she's trying to make an apprehension with just one hand when there's multiple people. So that could uh, potentially go bad. Near Johnson Creek with police shooting and striking 46-year-old Michael Burson in the arm after they say he swerved at an officer. And Burson was already facing charges for driving a stolen car and theft at the time of his arrest. Uh, at the time of his arrest, he is still in jail now, waiting a hearing next month. Okay, Nick. What about the other two people? Uh, the other two people are still part of the investigation, but as of now, have not yet been charged. All right. See, that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, here you got this guy swerving his car towards police officers for a shoplifting. Granted, he's got other criminal charges, so he's probably just, you know, one, another dirtbag in society, doesn't give a fuck about his life, doesn't care about other people. So screw it, he's just going to go out and do whatever he wants. And so the cops shot him. It's not worth it. So not worth it. I told you he was about to get caught. Ooh! Oh, hell no. Damn! I guess that was the right place for the right time. Hey, don't take this I'm just, your guys' are safety, I'm on your side. I ain't a thief. What are you doing this to me? I didn't run. I did not run. Good job, guys. That was pretty cool, actually. Um, so guys going out of the store, looks like a Walmart, I think. And uh, shopping cart full of stuff. And out comes, I don't know if it's security or loss prevention but just tackles this guy, picks him up, and puts him on the ground, flips the shopping cart, puts the guy in handcuffs. Uh, there's a third party just recording. One of the security guards, I think, or LP, whatever they are, asks him not to record this, um, which they can do. You know, it, it is their private property by the looks of it. Uh, but, you know, he's just like, hey, I'm on your side, recording this for you, your safety, which, yeah, that, yeah, that might be good. Of course, he posted it to YouTube. But damn, that was quick. And you know, it also shows an importance uh, to being physically fit, you know, so try and hit the gym when you can, you know, work out at home, whatever, because this guy picked that dude up and just manhandled him. 
and put them on the ground. Uh, some might call it excessive force. Um, I leave that to you know, law enforcement when they get there. Uh, but they definitely apprehended this guy. Definitely apprehended him. I think this is where we'll end today's episode of Security Stories, and this is our second episode focusing just on shoplifting. We'll likely talk about shoplifting more in the future, as shoplifting tends to be a staple of the job. And if you are working security or loss prevention, and shoplifting becomes a regular occurrence, you need to make sure that you develop a good loss prevention plan, a good plan of action on how to deal with shoplifting in your area of operation. Even if stores or certain management are being uncooperative, you still have to have your own plan so that when it happens, you know what you can do every time. There's always gonna be things you can't do. Maybe you can't chase them beyond a certain point. Maybe you know a certain store's not gonna contact law enforcement. Maybe you know it's something that law enforcement's just not gonna respond to readily and it becomes an online reporting issue. Maybe you're allowed to detain them, maybe you're not. Whatever the issues you face, figure out what your options are, how you're gonna to respond to it, and how you're gonna document it. Shoplifting is an issue, and it is an issue that you will deal with as security or loss prevention, or even as a store manager, or even just as an employee who witnesses it. Just recognize that no matter how well you do, and you very well might be able to improve your little corner of the world, but you are not going to end shoplifting. You're not going to end thievery. So approach these situations from an advantage, have a plan of action, be calm, cool, and collected, and as always, be safe. Because in regards to shoplifting, no matter how well you do or no matter how sideways things go, it's usually not your fault. It's usually a fault of geography, community, and individual businesses desire or lack thereof to actually handle shoplifting in an appropriate manner that actually prevents crime. So I hope that's given you something to think about, and this has been another episode of Security Stories. Stay safe out there.